This is Pastor Aaron at Oasis Baptist Church, and thank you for checking us out online. I pray that this message is an encouragement to you. God is good. This morning we are continuing our series on the, the passionate follower, and uh, we have been going through, or we will be going through, our core values here at Oasis, and uh, that we would know and walk and share, that we would be a united family as we look at the, the desire, our, our mission is that we would be passionate followers, and all of those come out of two passages of Scripture. The first is Acts chapter number 2, 42 through 47. I'm not going to read every one of those, but it says, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking of bread and in prayers, and they continuing daily with one accord in the temple. And then it goes down further and it says, praising God and having favor with all the people and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Matthew chapter 28 and verse number 19 and 20, it says this way, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. In these passages, we really find the, uh, God's purpose, God's desire for the church. It's, it's not just ours. It's not something special to Oasis. If you were to go to just about any church, they would, they would have a similar uh, purpose and meaning. But as we look at this, as we look at it here for Oasis over these next couple weeks, and we, as we did last week, to know that we would know the Lord in salvation, as well as that we would grow in knowledge and understanding of knowing Him in our daily life and, and taking what has been entrusted to us and to teach it to others, to make disciples of others. And that's exactly what God did. God took a group of people. He took 12 that were in his inner circle, and then he had a, a smaller group of even three that were very close to him, and he said, hey, I'm giving you this, now take what I have given you and go into the other most parts of the world. Teach, do all what has been entrusted to you, go and do to others. Our core values are an emphasis of the purpose of the church is to make disciples of Christ. For us, it's that we use that word passionate follower, that we would be a passionate follower of Christ, that we would passionately seek after God. Making disciples, what does that look like? That looks like to us that we would first and foremost know him as Lord and Savior. If you were here last week, the, the biggest portion of my whole, the whole sermon last week was in salvation, that we would know Christ as our Lord and Savior. If you have done that, then the goal is that we would continue to know him, that we would learn more about the word of God, that we would do those things, that we would walk with him. And that we would share him. And that together as a family, we would unite together to serve God, to serve this community. This morning, we're going to look at this, leading others to walk with him. Looking at our second of our core values is to walk with him. Walk with him is this. It's literally, uh, for us, it's our action. It's the action step, if you will, of our core values. That we would know him that we would then walk with him, that we would serve, that we would be active in our Christian life, that you would be active in your community in and around the community where you are. That my Christian life doesn't happen at knowing him at my house or knowing him in church, but everything about me, it goes with me, that I would walk, that I would serve, that I would live, that I would do these things. It's a constant action of life. Here, a statement that we use at our church often is a family of believers 
growing in the Word of God daily, encouraging one another. Again, that's a walk, that's an actionable step that we would encourage one another, that we would live a Christ-centered life so that the power of Christ through Oasis, through you, through us, would impact the community, leading others to Christ and uniting us for God's glory. This morning... Again, we're going to look at Ananias in the book of number or in the book of Acts chapter number 9, and we're going to see a man like we talked last week, he knew God. We know that he knew God because of what the word of God tells us. We know very very little about Ananias, but we learned last week that we we understood this much, that he knew God. We know that because the Bible tells us he was a devout man. And also the Bible says that what? He heard God. Uh, he heard him, and upon hearing him, he acted, he did something, and we're going to look at some of that here this morning throughout the Word of God. So as we go and continue to press forward, I want to, I want to focus, I guess, if you will, on, on one simple word this morning, and that word is obedience. The word is obedience. See, I can have as much of the Word of God in my brain. But if I'm not obedient to the Word of God, nothing ever happens and nothing changes. So many people, I believe, our seats all across this country are full of people. Our churches are full of people who have a ton of knowledge of God. We have a knowledge of the Word of God, but we have no obedience to the Word of God. I would believe, and I like to think as we go through this, there was one thing that stood out with Ananias, is Ananias wasn't just knowledgeable. He wasn't just devout in the sense that he was at church on a weekly basis, that he did this or he did that. He was devout in the sense that he heard God, and then he was obedient to what God had called for him to do. And obedience is that step, John 14, 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. What are his commandments? There's a lot in there, but we're looking at it as the church that we would what? We would know him as salvation, but we would then do something. We would make disciples of others, that we would act upon that. Think about this for just a minute as we continue to go through this, and then I'll get into the word of God this morning. What if On an average Sunday morning, somewhere in the realm of 150 or so adults are going to be in our church. What if every person in our church was to create, or not create, was to lead one person to the Lord this year? Every person, as an adult, would lead one person to the Lord this year. And not just lead somebody to the Lord, but take through the process, go through the process that God has called us. God never said, go therefore and make converts. God said, go therefore and make disciples. So what if we did what God told us to do? That is, I lead somebody to the Lord, and then I action step, I do something about that. I'm going to take them with me. Hey, let me show you what it is to be a Christian. Let me walk with you. Let me hold your hand. Let me go with you. Let me help you. We would, one, we would double our church attendance, right? But that's a huge dent. That's a big impact. Do you realize over 85% of Christians will never lead somebody to Lord in their lifetime? That's a scary stat. Over 85% of people that come and say that they are professing believers in God 
will never lead another person to the Lord. Wow. What if 10% of our church led somebody and discipled somebody? You say, but that's, a, that's, a, that's really hard. I can't do that. That's exactly what the enemy wants you to think, is that you can't do that. And this morning, we're going to talk about some of those things right there. As I was in life group this, this last, about two weeks ago, we were listening to a video, and the pastor said this, the Word of God truly comes alive when we become obedient to it. Stop and think about that. The Word of God truly becomes alive when we become obedient to it. It's truly a powerful thought. Because obedience is ultimately, I can tell my kids until I'm blue in the face, right? Go do this, go do this, go do this. Until they act upon it and go do it, it means nothing. Once they begin to do it, it's different. Oh, that's what you want me to do. So this morning, it's the same with the Word of God, leading others to walk with Him. If you would, and if you have your Bible, Acts chapter number 9 is where we will be. We'll start in verse number 17, and we will go through verse 22 here this morning. Acts 17, going through 22, and it says this, And Ananias went his way and entered into the house, and putting his hands on him, said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in the way, as thou camest, hath sent me, that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And immediately there fell from his eyes as it had been scales, and he received sight forthwith and arose and was baptized. And when he had received meat, he was strengthened. Then was Saul certain days with the disciples, such, or with the disciples which were at Damascus. And straightway he preached Christ in the synagogues that he is the Son of God. But all that heard him were amazed and said, Is not this he that destroyed them which called, called on his name in Jerusalem and came hither for that intent that he might bring them bound under the chief priests? But Saul increased the more in strength and confounded the Jews which dwelt at Damascus, proving that this is very Christ. Father, we come to you this morning. As every week is, Lord, I ask that your word would speak. God, that you would speak to the hearts of those that are here. And God, would you challenge us? Uh, Lord, it's not acceptable to just sit and take in. But God, would we be a part of leading others to know you as Savior? Would we be a part of holding someone's hand to, to help them understand and grasp the word of God? Would we be a part of leading them to, to serve and to, uh, to do all of these things that you have called for us to do? that we would be active in making disciples at Oasis. Father, it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. My thoughts are this. is pretty simple this morning. Leading others to walk with Him, we must be available. If we are to lead others to walk with Him, we, first and foremost, we must be available. We talked last week about knowing Him in salvation. So that's the first thought. 
You have to know him in salvation. You have to come to a place where you would repent of your sin, that you would acknowledge your sinfulness and say, yes, God, I would come to a place and I, I repent. I am walking this way. I turn my back to that sin. And I'm to the best of my ability and leaning on you. I am turning away from that sin. I am repenting. I am going to believe. I am believing that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that the Word of God is his inerrant, inspired Word of God. I am going to believe all of those things, and I am going to receive the gift that you have given to me. So we talked about that all last week, that we would repent, that we would believe, and that we would receive. And so with all of those things, if I am to lead others to walk with him, that being the first, am I available? Available. I must be available. In order to lead others, there has to be a devotional, personal preference there, thought there, but then I have to be available. All of this is you allowing God to work in and through you. Ananias was devout. Ananias, it was said that he was a devout man, that he heard the word of God. And he, in verse number 10, he said, Behold, I am here, Lord God, I'm, I'm listening. In verse number 11, it says, Arise and go to the house of Judas. And verse 15, go, for he is a chosen vessel. His obedience may be similar to many in this room. Because in verse number 13, what does Ananias do? I think Ananias does what all of us do a lot of times. We come to a place where Jesus, the Lord, had spoke to Ananias. Hey, arise, go into the street. Uh, in verse 12, and he has seen a vision, and so on and so forth. Verse 13, what does Ananias do? He does what we do. Hey, God? Are you sure? Hey, God, that's Saul. You're talking about the same Saul that I'm thinking of? You know the one that has the authority to put me in jail? The one that has the authority? The one that's, he is coming to Damascus for me. Like, that Saul, Right? Are you sure, God? Hey, God, uh, I've been there. Are you, God, you got the right guy? Are you sure you want me to go do that? Ananias was a bit hesitant. Ananias was a little bit scared. God, this is the guy that comes. This is the guy that, that, that kills people. This is the guy that is, is harmful to people like me. Ananias was not a large name. We don't know much about Ananias. We talked about that last week, last week. But we do know this from everything that I've studied. Ananias would have been a leader within his church community. So who was Saul going after? Him. And so when we get into this, we begin to look at this, and, and Saul has this question. Uh, God, I'm not so sure you and I's question might not be that. See, God may have never tugged on your heart and said, hey, uh, hey, Murray, why don't you go down the street? Uh, the local serial killer that was down in prison, he's just walking down the street. He's walking down Las Vegas Boulevard. Why don't you go down there and why don't you go grab him? I'm, I'm pretty sure we've not had that. But here's what we do. Ours would be something like this. God, I'm not quite qualified to do that. God, I'm not so sure that I have the uh, ability to do that. And we begin to doubt ourselves. God, what if, what if somebody were to find out 
those things that I did before? What if all of the what ifs come when God begins to tug on your heart to go do something? Ananias had all of those same things. But yet he made himself available. See, I don't know how many of you have ever said that. God, I'm available. God, I just want you to use me. God, would I, would I follow you? Would I, would I be a vessel that would be available to you? And God says, here you go. And we go, well, God, I don't know about that. Right? I'm not so sure that that would be the realm that I could, could do that. God says, but no, I, I, you said you would call. You said, hey, call me. I'm available. What about Moses? What did Moses say? Uh, God, I'm not so qualified. Uh, who am I? Moses said, who am I that I should go? God said this to Moses, but I will be with you, Moses. But God, think about this. Moses and God having a conversation. Moses says, who am I that I should go? God says, hey, Moses, listen, chill out. I will be with you. Moses goes back to God. But God, surely they won't listen to me. God's like, hey, knucklehead. I said I will be with you. I said I will go. I will do this. Just, just go. But they won't listen. They won't believe me, God. God, Moses says, I, I can't even speak. I'm not eloquent enough. God says, listen, I made your mouth. I made the, the dumb and the deaf or the seeing or the blind. I will be with you. I am going. It's the same for you and I. And I know this might be such a simple, simple thought this morning, but am I available to God? Listen, none of us are worthy to do what God would call us to do. But if God has spoken to you, he will use you. You might say, but, but pastor, I get that I brought my friend to church. Will you disciple them? Do you know why we do that? Well, you're the qualified one. You're the pastor. You're the one in ministry. How about this person? They've been saved for X amount of years. They, they are the ones that have the knowledge. No, God is saying, hey, this is, this is yours. Take them. We are so intimidated by this word discipleship. Do you know why? Because we think discipleship is me just simply imparting all kinds of knowledge into you. No, there is a part of discipleship that we need to teach and train the word of God. That we need to give them those doctrines and we need to do those things. But here's the reality of what discipleship is. It's me walking alongside of you, holding, my, holding your hand and saying, let's go. You already have a relationship with them. They walked into this church because you encouraged them to come to this church. So, so don't pass them off on the next guy. Take them. Be available. God says, hey, you're there. You know, the biggest part of discipleship is one of the biggest things is I want to be discipled. People not being available to do it, 
And then having a personality that meshes together, that two people can get together. How much more natural is it if you were already friends and you brought them here? Am I available? God desires to use you. God wants you to be used. So here's what we do. We stop at salvation. Maybe they get baptized, but the process stops because somehow I become unavailable at that point. Ananias was initially a little bit hesitant, but he was available to go. Listen, I understand there's fears. I understand all of those things, but am I able to say, God, here I am. I am open to you. I'm willing to go. And I don't believe that I have the available, or I don't believe that I have all the knowledge. I don't believe that I have all this, this, this that, and the other that I think I need to have. But I'm, I'm willing to go. I'm willing. I'm available. What if we, what if we, what if Kenny in the kids' ministry was to say, you know what, God? I'm a little bit old. Kenny's getting older. Oh, he lets me know. I'm like two months older than him, so he lets me know all the time. But what if Kenny were to just be like, hey, pastor, I'm, I'm up in age. I can't really be with kids anymore. I'm no longer available to do that. Or what if it was several years ago when he would have said, pastor, but I mean, I just, I, I don't have time for this. Or how about those that have worked in student ministry We didn't always have Dan and Rachel. There was always somebody that would teach a lesson. Marcus has done it. Rich has done it. Many of you other men have stood in there on a a Sunday night and taught a lesson. What if we didn't have that? What if we didn't have a team of people that are all volunteers that come on a Sunday morning to lead us into worship? They said, you know what, but man, practice time is a little bit too early. It's a little bit too much. I just can't. It's about all of us being available to say, God, here I am. I just want to be used by you. This is a simple thought. You've all heard it before. Am I available? But I would ask you this. I'm going to put it in a different term. Will you be obedient in your availability? Would we be obedient in our availability? Let me ask you, what is your availability to the Lord? Just stop for a moment and genuinely ask the question to yourself, what is your availability to God? Well, I'm here on Sunday morning. Cool. Is that that where it stops? Well, pastor, I've said once a year I'll rock a baby in the nursery for an hour. Awesome. That's a start. But in all seriousness, we can joke about a lot of things, but what would your availability to God be? Who are you willing to disciple? But pastor, I've only been saved for a year. Awesome. They've not been saved but for two days. Why can't you help them? We'll hold your hand as you hold theirs. But are we available to go? Are we available to step out and say, God, here I am. I want to do something. I'm not quite sure what this looks like. I really don't want to mess it up. How many of you are like that? I just don't want to mess it up because if I do this, I'm going to jack this all up. Anybody? <laughs> Be honest. I, thank you. Listen, seven years ago, <laughs> right here, man. I just, I don't know about this. I'm going to mess this whole thing up. 
Uh, God, I'll do this, but I don't know about that. Am I available to just listen to God and say, hey, I'll go, I'll go. Leading others to walk with him, we must be available. Leading others to walk with him, we must be obedient to his call. The call for each of us is different, yet all the same, because it all starts with obedience and availability. Listen, some of you in this room may one day be called to be a pastor. I don't know. You might go, well, I'm 60 years old today. Hey, who knows what God will do? I don't know. But some of you are young people. You might be a teenager in this room. You might be whatever. Some of you might be, uh, you've had a tug on your heart to do different things, but your call and my call are different. We all have a different call, yet all of it's the same because ultimately it comes down to being available and being obedient to God. Do I know him enough to hear his voice? Am I willing to obey the voice when I hear that voice? I'm not going to answer the question of what is the will of God, that's not really what we're after this morning. But as we look at this, there is a call for each of us. Will we hear it? Will we obey it? Will we listen? Ananias' call wasn't Saul's call. Ananias's, the, the call, the tug upon Ananias' heart was not what would become what Saul's tug would hit, well, in his heart would be. Ananias was quiet. Ananias was just a a helper, maybe a deacon, maybe a a, a leader in a church, but he wasn't the man. Saul was the man. Paul was writing. He wrote the majority of the New Testament. Paul was all of these things. Ananias, we know that he was devout, and we know that he heard the voice of God, and he acted upon it. But listen, we need Ananiases the same that we need the Sauls or the Pauls. But not everybody is the same. And so as we look at these things, as we go down this path, his, his call was different. What if Ananias would have said, yeah, but God, I want to be the one that is heard by the masses. What if he would have said, I'm too nervous about my own life. Ananias, go. God said, Go. Your call is this. Ananias, are you available? Yes, God, I hear you. Okay, here it is. There's this guy named Saul. I have chosen him to bear my name before the Gentiles, before the kings and the children of Israel. God said, Ananias, go. Again, we, we, we go back to this a little bit, but Ananias says, hold on, time out. The same Saul that we're talking about. Yes, it's the same Saul. All right, God, I will go. Obedience is not easy, but it is a must in our Christian walk with God. There is someone in your life that God has placed in your life that for you is your Saul, if you will. Hey, there was somebody that spoke to you or you wouldn't be here today. Somebody was available to come to you. Somebody reached out and loved on you. What does that look like as it processes, as it continues to go on? You are the one that God has placed to lead that person, to guide that person, not to be perfect, but to lead others. You may never hear the voice of God as Saul or as Ananias did. 
you may not have the same call. But would we be obedient to what God has put before us? It goes back again to knowing him. It goes back to knowing him. Philippians 3, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, in verse, or Philippians 3, 12 through 14, that I may, if that I may apprehend that for which I, or also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto the things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize, the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Paul had a call. He continued to press on regardless. This is kind of towards the end of his ministry, but he continued to press on. He continued to keep on going forward. The first portion of our call is knowing God as our Savior. Continue to grow Paul, nearing the end of his ministry, he was up in age, but yet he continued to say, I will press forward. I will continue to move on. Ananias was a leader in the church there in Damascus, and he went. What did he do? In verse number 17, it says this. Ananias' call was this. In verse 17, well, the call was in 11 and 12 and so on, but in 17, Ananias went his way, entered into the house, putting his hand on him, said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in the way as thou camest, hath sent me, that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. So we see this in 17. Ananias said, okay, I have all the questions here that they are. Are you sure about this? Are you sure about that? I'm really a little nervous, but I'm going. And he walked through the doors, and he sat, and he stood right there beside Saul, and he put his hands on Saul, and he did exactly what his call was to do. In Acts 22, a sister passage of this, it says it this way, and he said, the God of our fathers have chosen thee, that thou shouldest know his will and see that just one, and shouldest hear the voice of his mouth, for thou shalt be his witness unto all men of what thou hast seen and heard. And now, why tarriest thou? <laughs> I love this. He goes in, he places hands on Saul, and he says all of those things, and he looks at him, and he's talking and he says okay what are you waiting for get up let's go get baptized he says and thou hast been heard and now why tarriest thou arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins calling on the name of the lord two really quick things as we look at this passage one spirit filled he had already came to know christ as his savior so the Spirit was dwelling inside of him. When you come to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit would dwell inside of you. But to be filled is different in that it is a daily obedience that we would daily be obedient to the Lord, that we would daily be obedient to the Holy Spirit. No Christian will have those promises fulfilled who is not under the full control of the Holy Spirit. We have just claimed to all Christ. All Christ's promises the moment we believe in him. So we have all of those promises. Now will I be obedient to that? Is that, are we following there? So when we read in this passage of scripture where it spoke of the filling of the Holy Spirit. That was not a salvation thing. That was not something that happened at baptism. Um, this was, we're looking at that. So uh, we, we understand that. There was a, when Paul or Saul came to know Christ as Savior, the Holy Spirit dwelt within him, but the filling of the Holy Spirit happens on a regular basis as we are obedient to God. Baptism, 
doesn't wash away your sins as we look at this passage. And now, why tarriest thou? Arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins. Uh, this is not intended to be uh, something that I'm saying just to cause confusion. But I do believe it has to be said so that nobody walks out of here and goes, well, this, the Bible said after baptism it washes away your sins. Literal translation. Arise, get yourself baptized, and your sins washed away. And listen, it says, having prior to having called upon his name. So all of the study that I've looked at would would make reference to this. Also, if you were to continue to go through the word of God, continue to go through Paul's teachings, uh, baptism does not do that. Uh, Paul had already called on the Lord's name, uh, which is an act of salvation. Baptism is an obedience following that call. Whoever, in Romans 10, 13, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. God chose you saw. You will know his will. You will see him. You will hear his voice. You will be his witness unto all men is what Ananias said to him. Listen, this morning, you may be the Ananias to somebody, and it's going to take you to be available and to be obedient to the call that you have. It might be you. You might not say these exact same words, but you might be the one that would look at somebody. The word catalyst came up over here. That would be the catalyst to somebody getting up to go and to do something special and awesome for God. I don't know how many times in my own life, and you all have these same circumstances in yours, where you can step back and you're like, I, I didn't understand this, I didn't understand this, I didn't understand that. But that person, I, I'll never forget when that person came in and he said this to me. I'll never for, forget when that, that young lady said this to me or when that person challenged me in this manner. And you stepped back and you thought, wow, maybe I can. Because sometimes it just takes one person to come and say, hey, This matters. Countless times over the last 15 years of my life, since I gave my life to the Lord, I guess it was longer than 15 years ago, in 1999. In 1999, when I said, God, I will go into the ministry that you have called for me to go. I don't know what that looks like. Over and over and over, there were times in my life where I would step back and I was kind of like, eh, I don't know about that. And somebody came in and said, hey, and they challenged me in an area that continued to push me forward. You've all had them. You've all had it. It may not always be spiritual. It may be somebody in your field of, of work that said, hey, you can do this, but we, we must be available. We must be willing to go for, for Ananias. He went and he said these things. Saul, you will know his will. Saul, you will see God. Saul, you will hear God's voice. Saul, you will be his witness unto all of these men. Can you imagine Ananias walking into the room thinking this guy was the one that could possibly kill him? And then he lays his hands on him and he looks at him and he says, Saul, I believe that God has told me to tell you this, that you're going to be special, that you're going to be awesome, that you're going to do amazing things unto people that have never heard the word of God because of your willingness to go. Will you be that Ananias? Will you be obedient to the call of God on your life? 
He lived out, just think of this, even, even take this a step further. Think about what the church thought of Ananias at this time. Dude, you're, you've lost your mind. You're seriously going over there to meet with that guy? We know that they thought he lost his mind if you continue to read. Because they said in what? They were amazed at what was coming out of Saul's mouth. They were amazed. Is not this he that destroyed them which called on the name? Listen, you might be the Ananias that is the catalyst for one individual. But I promise you and I guarantee you this, that Ananias was an example to an entire body of people that said, wow, God is real. God can do miracles. Think about it. Our job in 2 Thessalonians 3, 9, not because we have not power, but to make ourselves an example unto you to follow us. Philippians 3, 17, brethren, be followers together of me and mark them which walk also as ye have us for an example. 1 Corinthians 11, 1, be ye followers of me, what? As I follow Christ. 1 Timothy 4, 13, let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers. Ananias was as powerful an example as that body may have ever heard because he was faithful to obedience to the call that God had given to him. What if that's you this morning? Why can't it be? Why can't it be? Am I available? And am I obedient to the call that God would have for you? My last thought this morning is more of a a question to you. Will you be obedient? Today, you may even look at me and go, Pastor, none of this makes sense with walk with him. Here's my heart behind this this morning. I know that this isn't the most deep theological thought that you've ever heard. But the heart behind this is this. I have to be about leading others to know him. And I have to be about leading others to walk with him. I have to be willing to say, hey, would you come? Would you go with me? Because here's what we have done for far too long. We've taught people how to know him. I stand and I preach as often as I can on how to know God. We teach it in a class. Mike teaches a class. We do stuff in here with the no walk, you know, the no class. We do all of these things. We try to give you tools to help you to know God. But here it so often ends there. It ends that I'm just supposed to know him. I'm supposed to serve. I'm supposed to walk. I'm supposed to live this. Yes, all of those things are true. But God didn't say, go do this. He said, go do it. I'm going to give it to you. Now go and give it to somebody else. He didn't tell the disciples to take it. Oh, that was awesome. Those 12, they got some good teaching. No, he said, now take it. I've entrusted you. I've given all that to you. Now go. My job is to encourage you to go. My job is to come alongside of you and say, hey, come with me. 
Hey, there's people all around these, this building that are dying on the way to go to hell because nobody will say, hey, come. Would you come with me? Would you come with me? There's people inside of this church that don't serve. Do you know why? Because no one has simply said, hey, would you go do this with me? There's very few times in the last seven years of my life leading Oasis Baptist Church that I haven't shook someone's hand, looked them in the eyes and said, hey, I really feel that you would be great at doing X, Y, or Z, where they've looked at me and said, you're crazy. No. There have been people that have said no. But you know what? When I approach somebody one-on-one, Almost always, they will say, yeah, I could, I could try that out. Well, you're the pastor. Of course that happens. No, I, I promise you, it works with you also. When you go to somebody that you care about and you say, hey, would you do this with me? We're, we're leading others to go and to walk. We're leading others to do these things. God never desired this or designed these things to happen by ourselves. So who are we bringing in? Am I available? Am I obedient to the call that God would have for me? And as we go through, as we kind of wrap this up this morning, my prayer is our core values at Oasis that we would be a church who walks with God. We serve God. We serve our neighbors. We serve our coworkers, our babies in the nursery, our children in Oasis, our, 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 that we would be flooding the building with greeters, that we would be having plenty of ushers, that people would clean and, and outreach would happen and global missions would happen. It starts with our obedience to God and are you available? Listen, it was several years ago. I've been here for 13 years. It was about six years ago that I took my first missions trip. In my 13 years of being here, there hadn't been a missions trip take place at Oasis. I know there was missions that took place at Oasis because I know years ago there was missionaries that were sent from Oasis. But it hadn't happened in the time that I had been here. Do you know now we're taking 13 people in October to go to the Dominican Republic? Do you know why? This isn't a pat on my back, but because I went, and when I came back, one of the very first things that I did is say, hey, we're going to go, and then I went to people, and I said, hey, why don't you come with me? The Houstons went to uh, Guatemala with us. My dad went to Guatemala with us. Dorothy Chavez has been to uh, Guatemala and to Haiti. Several others, two of my, Madison went to Haiti. Riley's going to the Dominican. Many of you are going back with Why? The only reason it happened, because somebody individually asked him. I went to Kenny three years ago. Kenny, I need you to come on this trip with me. Uh, not so much. Kenny went last year. His entire family is coming to the Dominican Republic in a month. Do you know what happened? We just asked somebody. I felt that it was part of my job, not as the pastor, but as a believer, to say, hey, why don't you come? God is doing awesome things around us. It would be awesome for you to join and to see it with your own eyes, not me just tell you. That's, 
That's all that it is. I'm willing to be vulnerable. Do you know why we don't disciple people? Because we're not available. We're not obedient. And really, at the end of the day, a lot of that is because we're not willing to be vulnerable to somebody else. Jesus spent time every day with a group of people. Discipleship is not going through these classes, and at the end of X amount of weeks, I filled in all my blanks. Oh, look, I did discipleship. If you can be discipled in 12 weeks, man, that's, that's pretty impressive. It's a year, it's two, it's three. It's time invested. It's spending time in the word of God, but it's also serving together. It's spending time in the word of God, but it's also crying on someone's shoulder. It's me being vulnerable to somebody. And as we go through these core values and as I wrap up this morning, leading others to be passionate followers of Christ is just that. I have to lead. I have to walk with you. I have to be the catalyst, if you will, of bringing somebody along. And I would ask you, are you available? Will you be obedient to God's call as a believer? If you say you're a Christian and you say that you love Jesus, I don't know how else to say this in a, in a loving manner. God never called you to do it by yourself. He called you to lead others to go. Will you be obedient to God's tug to lead others with you. Every head bowed, every eye closed this morning. Again, thank you for checking us out online. If you have never been to one of our services, it would be such an honor to have you as one of our guests. If you have made any decision today, our staff would love to celebrate with you. Would you please email us at info at oasislv.church.